back to Ball Watching, a St. Louis City SC podcast. Jake here, Justin to my side, and we are doing a recap today of the match against the Seattle Sounders and what would become our second inaugural, second ever, and our second loss of the season to a good team in Seattle. Um, you know, a, a different day, a different day for us, especially after how hot we started off the the season, Justin, and want to get some just initial thoughts from you before we kind of break it down a little more detailed here as to how you kind of felt watching last night's game. It felt weird. Um, I was watching with my family, had a big squad ride on the draw no bets, obviously didn't hit. First half, it felt all right. I know we'll, we'll touch on all the details, but second half, completely different. That was not a team that I recognized. Yeah, I think there's there's really going to be it's it's tough it's humbling when you get these but i feel like it's one that we're gonna hopefully learn from a lot you learn so much more from your losses than you do your wins and this is one that i think the team can really really probably look back at do a postmortem in this sense and probably determine the cause of death here because death came pretty early for us in this game See, I that's think. a that's a good time to use postmortem when you there want you to go. Like call these we're, these are recaps they're not all postmortems that's right like that's yeah, right that wasn't death that was pretty yeah cool. That was death, uh, but <laughs> death is not the word for the day. Justin, we're definitely going to get to some positivity, but before we do, we always try to sum this up in one word and do the hard task of being you know, very, very concise with how we describe this. Justin, you got a good one for today. I think it's very, very potent, so start us off here. Yeah, it was. I know we did this to expand my vocabulary. This one isn't that deep. I reached out to Miss Julie, the artist again, and she gave me this one, and I love it. Um, and we are a family 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 friendly podcast. So I will we not are. cuss, but my word is it was an absolute cluster. F- and that's all <laughs> I'm gonna go with. That, that's pretty much it. It 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 just wasn't good, dude. I, I was trying to type in highlights, and we had a couple in the first half, but absolutely nothing in the second half, in my opinion. What do you got? That, that was the exact same, Justin. When I was, I mean, that's not my word, but when I was looking at the uh when I was looking at my my highlights, because Justin and I kind of write stuff throughout the game to make sure we don't forget to talk about it on here. And I literally have a gap from minute 50 to 90. And I just put not much, to be honest, <laughs> in terms of highlights for us. But yeah, I, I'm with you. That game, especially from like the hour on, 60 minutes on, it was a little bit of a cluster. If you look at how you we were playing, it just looked kind of disjointed. But my word is going to describe our team's play as well in that, most of the second half and i would just call us benign you know we were there we were on the field on the pitch with them contending you know every once in a while kind of flared up you could see us out there but we were not dangerous there there was no danger posed whatsoever seattle kind of just managed that game they made us pay when they needed to they scored a couple one really good goal but we didn't pose much danger to them whatsoever i think we we did a fair job at some points containing them but we left, we were exposed at times and, and it, we just didn't never, the chance creation to me was just totally absent from 60 yeah. minutes on. Abysmal. Abysmal. About that Abysmal. Abysmal too. Yeah. I, I would say I've never heard the word benign unless really? it's like tumors. Oh, I've heard the word. Unless it's like tumors or like this, when I get cysts cut out of my head, like it, making sure they're not cancerous. I didn't know you could even use that for like. Yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. I'm, I'm helping you expand as well, Justin. I'm cool. helping you expand as well um all right well let's kind of get into it Justin. i've got some comments we're pulling in here i think a lot of people are going to feel the same way we're going to feel about this game just it's really the tale of two halves uh when when you think about it but uh let's kind of get into some of this Uh, a couple let's start with the positives we always do and i want to highlight you know we're we're biased here a little bit given that we had him on as a guest but 
I actually thought of the back five, because we did go with a five, kind of three, two or a five, two, three, depending on attack versus defense yesterday of the back five. I want to say that I think John Nelson to me had the best of the games. And I think one, because he still did some pretty good defensive work, either a couple of tackles, the man did not stray from a physical challenge. He absolutely rolled over, rolled on uh, Alex rolled on twice uh, in a very, very short span of time in the very first 15 minutes. And I thought he was doing a pretty fair job and, and being asked to do a very different role, um, you know, being more of, I would call like a wing back versus a left back having to contribute. And Jake Nowitzki, same thing, had to do the same role. I wonder if both of them are the best suited for those types of games when we're going to ask them to do that totally different, like maybe a Pedro or um, in a kilowatt slots in as that wing back on the right side. And you kind of switch up your personnel, but obviously neither featured last night. So Carnell had trust in them. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the whole back five thing. I, I I understand trying to switch it up, but just like going on the road and playing a team like Seattle with how hot they've been, like in starting with the back five already looks like you're playing for a draw um, or a loss, honestly, like just trying not to concede. And then and even when he brought on Blum later on too, it's like it took out Miggy. I know Miggy wasn't playing very well, but it's weird to me that keep just like sitting back further. I don't, I wasn't a fan of that, but other, well, let's keep talking about the highlights. I think the first big chance for us was obviously the 15th minute. Um, we had a ball over the top. Geo crossed to Klaus off the side of the post. He didn't. I thought at first, I'm like, oh, he should have finished that. When watching the replays, it was covered well by the goalie and the defense. Klaus did well with it to even get it close to putting it on net. So I was happy with that. Uh, the 20th minute, Nerwinski had a press and a tackle as well. Like you said, it was good to see him and Johnny get up and be a little bit more involved in the game. And I liked watching that. And Johnny did a lot, a lot of that as well, getting forward and getting crosses and even had a shot on goal. What's it was kind of a dribbler, but I, I love yeah. to see the idea and that we're actually look, like trying to push that. Yeah, I agree. And I just want to go back really quick to that first chance you mentioned. That was our best chance of the game, both, I think, from what we watched and also when you quantify it to XG. I think that was worth 0.24 XG. So it goes both ways. I think Justin, should he have scored that? I don't think that's an expectation he has to score that, but I think he needs to score that in that moment to be the guy for us to take the foot to the pedal and, and give us a little bit of cushion between us and Seattle, because obviously think about getting up like that early in the game, first 15 minutes, what would have happened from there on out? I don't know, but those are the moments. It, it would have just deflated their crowd as well. Yeah. That's a tough place to play. And if we would have, if we would have put one away in the 15th, I promise you were coming out of there with at least a point. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, so not much. I mean, defensively, I, I saw some good moments from like a Tim Parker who was out there kind of bullying Leo Chu. Leo Chu was the assist leader coming into this match day having I think five in the last two games and he was pretty nullified he was he was subbed early on I thought Berkey besides the second goal had a pretty strong game and I think a lot of the shots in the very first half came straight to him and people that aren't as you know into soccer might say oh they're just kicked right to him those are easy saves as a former goalie myself him him being in front of that ball just because it's coming square at him doesn't make it easy he has to get in that position and all uh, goalkeeping is a lot about positioning. So him being able to get in the right position, make that save look easy. He was controlling crosses. His distribution was okay. A couple giveaways. Um, but I, I think he actually had a decent game, obviously had a lot more action. And I think what we were kind of more expecting during this game. Yeah, he definitely had action. There's what they had, I think that's six shots on goal. So they only yeah. had three saves. Um, I mean, well, I guess, I guess he only had two saves. Cause well, do you count the own goals a shot on goal? I don't even know where that goes stats wise, mm, yeah. but 
otherwise, uh, yeah. And I think that the second was the second goal there to cross and he got his hands on it. He needs to hold on to that. I'm sure he would tell you that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to collect that. And we, we, then we're only down a goal. And then, we, and then as an own goal as a third, like probably could have snuck out of there with getting a tie, but otherwise it, it's, we'll talk on the low lights in that sense. But um, otherwise I think we <laughs> like I'm looking yeah. at the stats from the 50 to the 90th. There's really not much else. I know you have Bartlett stepped up and a service in a box of clouds in the 49th, but other than that, there yeah. was not not much exciting on our end. A little bit of a dry spell. A little bit of a dry spell going in uh, after halftime. So halftime became the defining kind of period for this game because obviously Seattle goes in there. I think they were a little bit befuddled because they had been, you know, tactically, I think, kind of matched. We had brought uh, a shape and a style that did not suit or complement theirs. And then they go back into halftime locker room. You know, Coach Brian Schmetzer is clearly tinkering with things and adjusting things and they come out and the the game just totally flipped on its head. If not in the very beginning of the first half, when my, my changing moment of the game is when Raul Rui Diaz came on. I know we mentioned him in the, in the pregame, the preview show, but he, he definitely, if not for, he also scored a goal, but I think his presence in their change and how they were attacking us, it totally changed. And the the game was all for them moving forward, but let's talk about some lowlights, Justin. Uh, just kind of feeding into that, even before we get in like specific game lowlights, yeah. I, I know I was going back and forth with Drew on Instagram. I think one of the lowlights is our tactical changes by Carnell. I don't think anyone came in off the bench. We had, we I think we had five or six subs. Yeah. And no, everybody that came in off the bench didn't really make an impact. I know Blum was only on 14 minutes when you, then he got injured. Um, I know we brought it. Like you see, Isak Jensen was on there. I don't even remember him touching the ball. Yeah. And just, just some of those guys. I don't, I don't really understand it. It just felt like a weird game to me. Sorry. We'll get in. Let's no, that's start, a good point. Talk about the. Let's talk about the specific lowlights as well. The the tactical changes, I would say, was a negative. I think we made them. They weren't effective. And I also think the 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 act of making substitutions and then the substitutions themselves also weren't effective. Like these guys have got to be chomping at the bit to come on and make a difference. And I'm not saying no one wanted to or showed any effort, but it just didn't translate. We didn't have anything change because we made these subs. Um, a couple of things that I noticed in lowlights, and I'll start with the first half. The midfield, we talked about this before. The midfield... I like our midfield. I like our central midfield. I think we have a lot of talent and a lot of ability there to distribute and, and create, you know, opportunities and also defensively, you know, contribute on the defensive end and make sure we cut out attacks and counters. But dude, sometimes when we play against teams that can connect passes really well, and when they have a, a midfielder themselves that can kind of take the ball and dribble through midfield very confidently, we get sliced open man, just sliced. And, it's scary to watch. I mean, I'm literally pulling a sheet over. I'm like, oh, this could get bad because you see one guy that has the confidence to carry the ball and he gets through maybe Leuven and then Vasilev maybe, maybe tries to jump in and Perez is pulled out wide and, and your midfield's open and your back four or back five in this case is totally under attack. There are a couple moments like moments like that, even the first half that I just felt us, we were just gaping. Yeah, which is weird when we had a back five, like you said, and then you think we have those those center mids that are sitting in front of them. We just it, they slice us open with those passes. I think what do they have? So they had four hundred and forty nine passes, accurate passes, eighty yeah. percent to our two hundred and fifty. So they were just absolutely slicing us. As they had a total of five hundred sixty two. So what hundred and thirteen of those were not accurate? But yeah, that's, I mean that's almost half of what our accurate passes were. They right. definitely cut us open. And then not only that, but they they had a, a corner opportunity in the twenty third which then they had a corner goal later. We talked about that. I'd yep. say kind of a general negative is we need to be better at marking um, yep. on our guys there. And we'll touch on that specifically for the goal as well. Um, but then also they they did very well with their counters. I think that's hard for us. We need to we need to cut that out. We talk about it. When we're pressing high and we give it up, 
we have to end it in their half and make it just a, a passing restart. Don't allow them to come all the way down. I know in the 24th minute, they had a press on a counter and just Berkey had to make a good save. I don't, and some of their chances weren't even that strong. So it was good. Berkey makes the save. Yes. But we just got to make sure, I mean, against some better teams that are, that have more technical guys up top, they'll finish those. And it could have easily gotten away from us early. It certainly could have. Uh, there was the first half wasn't as evident. I think second half really highlighted a couple of the, the shortcomings that I think we had. If you look at the stats, I mean, we usually win the defensive battle, you know, in terms of tackles, interceptions, blocks. Seattle basically took every category um, in the offensive side last night, and we had a lot of defensive ups on them, but that's because we were basically playing defense the entire second half. And when you look at, you know, the the sub coming in the 64th minute when Blum was put on for for Miggy, definitely you're talking about this in the, in the green room before the show, Justin, but not a like for like switch there. I think Miggy's more of your box to box contributes on both and pretty, pretty normally. And I think Blum is more of your traditional defensive midfielder. So I, I, I was confused in what Carnell was going for there. Was he closing up shop even more to say, Hey, I see where this is going. We just need to hang on for another 25 minutes or what was happening because literally a minute later is when Seattle finally broke through. And on that goal, let's just kind of break it down. I think Indy was a little bit slow to close his man down on the press. You'd notice in the second half, our compact nature of defending together kind of broke open a little bit. And we were late to get to press some folks, which totally breaks up our system. If everyone's not doing it, it's not worth doing. And we saw that because that happened where I think Miggy was a little bit, uh, not Miggy, Indy was a little bit slow to close his man down. They get to the goal, tough situation. It's it, that was probably their best goal. Obviously, it was a phenomenal strike from Atencio. But you have seven guys super compact in the box, and no one's really seeing the guy coming in as a late arrival. And he hits a great strike. But that's the thing that separates these two teams. If like, if that's us, and Klaus puts that away in the first half, which is not an easy opportunity by any means. And but for them, Atencio puts that away. It's a twenty-five yard bomb. Berkey didn't have it have a chance. I and that was weird to me I, I, before they got the chance. I think Johnny could have headed it back to Berkey. It's always a tricky situation, yeah. not knowing if there, if there was a, uh, an attacker uh, to Johnny's right and probably could have stepped in. And that's the last thing you want is to put Berkey in a situation like that. I think he could have got it there, but then I agree. I think we could have closed down quicker, but I think Berkey, I feel like he had a first look at it and he had like a good jump and then yeah. he froze. I think he lost it. I think there was, there was a little of a blind spot there um, that he got screened on, but I mean, it was a great shot. Nothing to, I mean, nothing else that you can really say on that. No, and John Nelson had something to say after the game on this. He was saying that basically once they scored, speaking for the team here, he felt they kind of put their heads down a bit. We weren't really playing our our best or our cleanest out there. So everything just felt a bit off. And I think that was evident just as someone watching the game. Usually after that, a team responds kind of one of three ways. You know, first and most ideally, you respond with a vengeance and you're like, you know what, we're going to come back. We're going we're to put them under pressure and try to get that goal back and claw back Two, it's the worst where you kind of just, OK, wow, that really hurt. We're going to play like we're hurt for the rest of the game now and, and kind of just absorb that and not move on quickly. And the third being more of like a neutral response. I think we were more of the second where I think it really, really negatively impacted us, hurt the confidence. We didn't really have much in that second half to start with. And I think that to me. You never really saw a chance after that for us. We didn't respond in any way, shape, or form where you're like, you know what? They they took that, and they're going to now try to go dish it out in Seattle, which is what you would hope to see. So the response was not there last night. Completely agree. And I we, we touched on this already, but bringing Rui Diaz on in the 69th, that was a game changer. And yeah. probably, I mean, one of the best moves they could have made. I think it really brought some energy, and they looked good, obviously, in the second half. And then, obviously, 
another just one minute later, they scored again. So that was the one where it was a cross coming across Berkey. It, it was good for him to get off his line and he had hands to it and he definitely could have held onto it, just slipped through his fingers and an easy finish for them there. So a little bit tough, I'd say on Berkey for that one. Yeah, I and he 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 wouldn't shirk that responsibility either. You gotta. I loved how aggressive he was playing off his line because, like like we said before in the preview, they were a team. Seattle's a team that likes to attack through cutbacks and crosses. As a goalie, you've got to be playing off your line and ready to jump in and, and intercept those because you know someone's you know five ten yards over your back shoulder waiting to to stick that in if it gets by you. So great for him. I think it was the right read. Just the wrong execution. You got to either keep the ball in front of you or maybe just leave with a punch. If that's hit with a lot of pace and it's fizzing at you, get a strong hand to it or, or a yeah. fist and just clear that out of the box. Because there was just times last night, and not not for Berkey specifically, but there were times we just felt hemmed in. And I, this is grade school type tactics here, man, but just kick the ball long. If you guys are in your own zone for a long time and you're just taking wave after wave, it doesn't hurt to just, sh- just shove it to the corner. The opposite yeah. corner and just get guys back in position and defend again well because man we are hemmed in sometimes yeah and i will agree i think we have a comment from albert here that the second coupled with fatigue i think we yeah. the guys look tired in the second half even when we brought changes on no one brought that spark and that's it's tough to see because you're gonna need that energy away i know we can bring the energy from a fan base standpoint at home but when you're away you need to keep that up for the entirety of the game and also it's tough to see blum go down in the 80 in the 78 but oh. it, it was it groin injury yeah, so it, it looks like a groin injury from what I'm seeing. No, no, uh, Carnell didn't comment on it last night. So nothing to say about it right now other than he tried to play through it clearly and he wasn't able to. So, man, he just came back and that really, really hurts. Because something that we're going to see very soon here is that, you know, we have with the Open Cup coming up, that's basically a three-game week. And do we have the roster to not drop in level with rotating the squad? Because look at Seattle. They have guys on the bench that would start probably on our team, start across probably a lot of different teams. And they did that last night. This Raul Ruiz Diaz comes on, changes the game. They had Heber comes on. He's a good, another good forward. They had guys that can step in and just kind of rotate in and out. I don't know if we have that. I'm not totally convinced yet because we haven't been able to show that exactly yet. But for them, that was a highlight because it, it just totally – they were able to go to new guys, give a new look, and, and change the game in their favor. And that last goal – I'm not going to lose much sleep on that. Definitely cannot concede consistently on corners and set pieces, though. That's that's the part that bothers me, necessarily how it happened. Own goal, you know, whatever. I'm not going to fault Jake Nerwinski on that. But we've got to attack that ball. Like, I think I saw, who was it, Justin? Was it Parker and Klaus both getting up kind of right next to each other, but more on the near post side, and they both missed it. And both kind of looked like they were kind of giving it, but, like, not, like, I got to clear this ball out with everything I have. So I watched that like multiple times because I couldn't tell if Jordan Morris got a flick on it or not. But it, otherwise, oh. the, he was there and open. The reason he was open, Jake, no one was marking Jordan Morris on the corner. I watched that like five times to make sure like Klaus and Parker were in the zone, like doing their zoning, which they were fine on. But Jordan just gets to, he just floats to the near post, gets up in the air. I don't even know if he touched it or not, but it put off Parker and Klaus enough to not be able to get ahead on it. And then, yeah, you can't fault Nerwinski on that. I've, I've been in that position so many times. It's just coming at your feet. and You're trying to just do a little tick and just to get it out wide and it just goes off the inside. So tough on him and definitely not. We shouldn't expect Berkey to save that either. That's a bang, bang situation. But, um, and then the other one is the last low light. I'll say in the 94th minute run second, he was just a step or two off sides. Otherwise it would have been a four Oh game. Um, I, and Johnny stepped up and I think that's where I think, uh, I want to say that it was, uh, Parker was right there. 
but I think it was Hebert actually should have been the one that should have went left and went with this run sack guy because he was mm-hmm. wide open past it to Jordan Morris, yep. easy finish. So that's another marking situation. And I think that's tough. We had a comment in here. Someone was saying, yeah, I think we we're trying to get used and trying to, we we're a little confused on playing this 5-3, five, 5-3-2. Three, five, three, we got that comment from Drew in here. Yep. I agree. I think that kind of threw the guys off. I know they, these guys are professionals. They can they can deal with a, a lineup change, but right. just didn't look clean. Yeah, I agree. Justin, before we kind of rate you know, the school rankings on whatever, where everyone settles in the A to F range. Uh, I do want to plug Hey, everyone listening on YouTube, throw us a like right now and don't look to the person next to you to do it. If you're on the channel and you're looking on YouTube, watching the show, hit that like button, smack it and hit the subscribe button as well. And if you want to do it even more, go ahead and tap notifications just so you know, whenever we're going to go live, because we do good it plug. pretty often. Good so, plug. Good plug. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And everyone on the, on podcast do the same thing, but it's not, I guess you're, you're following the show if you're on Apple um, and following the show on Spotify, but throw us a rating or a review. Uh, everything helps. So appreciate you all for tuning in and we're going to keep plugging along here, Justin. All right, Professor Justin, give me your A to F for Berkey last night. Uh, D? D? I just think, I, yeah, dude, uh, he played fine and he made some saves. Even on the easier shots they have, he still kind of juggled them a little bit. I don't think... His distribution wasn't incredible. I didn't see anything. Nothing stood out to me that he played like a good long ball in or a good throw to get us going back on the attack. I mean, he only had six shots on goal. He let in three of them. And then and then the other one also, he definitely should have had that second goal. It went through his hands. I just, yeah. I, in my opinion, just, and maybe, maybe D is a little harsh, but knowing what he can play, I think he would rate himself as a D. That's what's yeah. tough is I know what Roman Berkey can do. And it wasn't it there last night. What are you? I was going to, I was going to say a flat C. I just think it was, there was moments of, wow, that's why we bought this guy. And there was the moment, you know, on the goal of, oh, man, we can't have that mistake on that second goal. And especially when we're trying to force, you know, some sort of attack and get a goal back. So I would say for me, he was probably about a C last night. And I think he would probably be just as hard on himself as we are being. Let's go um, with the, let's go with the back line as a whole, and then you can say who, who yeah. you would who you would kind of call out specifically. I would say back line did not look up to it last night as a whole. I I I we talked before the game. I, I get the purpose of the back five, and you saw when we were in, actually in possession or on attack, it switched to a three like like five two. So it was a little bit different in defense and attack. No one really acquitted themselves entirely last night to me on, on the defensive line. We highlighted some some highlights from John Nelson in the beginning. It was just a totally different order for the for our wings. So Nerwinski and Nelson, to me, had totally different roles last night in terms of they were being asked to contribute a lot more going forward. And uh, I don't I think that's partially why we were lacking some of that bite, um, at least a little bit. And and on the center backs, I mean, I don't really have much to say. I I I would probably say the same thing i mean probably like a c for me for for these guys as well overall yeah i would go with c you said flat c and then i my mind just went everywhere with my add and went to like music i think that's like a like a key or c a flat c, c flat, flat. Yeah. yeah uh yeah i'd go i'd go with a c flat too um and, and this is probably just more of a joke a little bit but there's five of them and then we let in three goals so like what how does that math work i don't yeah. really get that and yeah. i know that sounds dumb from like a soccer sense but and a lot of other things go into it but yeah you'd think and I think that's maybe that's the harder part is maybe if we keep this five, three, two situation, then they'll, they'll learn to play it a little better, but did not look good last night whatsoever. People um, think one thing I did see too, Justin, people think, you know, we're a pressing team. We do the energy, energy drink soccer thing that, yeah, we do. And we still were doing that last night, but you noticed how when we change formations, how that needs to change too. Like you're not, 
your role as someone that's pressing in that system totally changes if you're a if you're a defender in a back four versus being a defender in a back five. It, you're asked to be doing a totally different thing. I think last night, because it's the first time we've seen them do this, maybe that was contributing to the lack of the lack of compactness that we saw from the team and the press not working the way we're used to seeing it work. So maybe that tactical, you know, I, I get why Carnell went for it. Maybe that wasn't the best decision uh, going into this game. I know you yeah, didn't. Definitely wasn't. It. it didn't show anything. Let's go yeah. into the midfield. Midfield. I think Leuven was my man of the match. He had some bright moments. And by the way, that's not saying too much when, you know, we, I think, had our worst game of the season so far. Yeah, if you season. had to pick someone, it yeah. was Ruben, Yeah, he did. was our man of the match for me. Yeah. I think he had some great moments going forward, and he also had some good tackles as well defensively. His passing ability, tell me someone that can pass like him. Sometimes you just see something that it's okay. No, in the MLS, in the MLS. <laughs> Messi's a good one, though. Yeah. Messi can probably pass better than Leuven. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, yeah I, yeah, I was impressed with him still last night. And even Indy had some good moments as well. But as a whole, what do you ask of these guys to protect your back line and contribute going forward, especially in this game where we are kind of sacrificing our wingers? And obviously, it just didn't work. It just didn't work. We did not generate many chances at all. So I would give these guys – I'm probably giving everyone a C in this game. I, I don't think it was the worst, but it was by no means good either. Yeah, completely agree. I think Lubin was the best of them. I think Indy had an all right game um, without, I mean, we, we critiqued him a little bit saying he should have stepped quicker, but I mean, that was a rocket of a shot. So whatever. I don't think Miggy really did much. And that's, that's why he came off in the 64th. Um, and it, I don't, I mean, he's still young. Yes. But just with knowing what Miggy can do as well, I, I wish he would have stepped up a little more there. Um, and then looking up to the forwards, I think Nico and Klaus probably maybe again, we didn't score a goal. So there's that, but yeah, I'll probably give him a C as well. I think, Klaus had that chance in the first half off the inside of the post. Otherwise, we just didn't look dangerous. I don't remember a, a really good chance that we honestly created. You don't remember because it didn't exist after the 15th minute, basically. And I think Klaus still, for me, showed a lot of off-the-ball stuff that I, I get impressed with. His ability to play those one-touch passes or flicks on are still incredible. I, I love to see him do that, especially when it works. Sometimes it's a little frustrating when it goes to the other team, but... I still I I don't this this two up top thing I think we're still messing with it a little bit I don't know if it's there yet I think we do know that Joaquini and Klaus on their best day have some great chemistry and they could they could definitely give teams problems but on a day like yesterday I I feel like Joaquini while while he worked hard last night didn't there was no output like there was basically nothing to show for it there was a couple balls over the top where you saw him use his pace and you know you can see how hard he works but there was just no output last night so. I still wonder, like, are we better off with the one up top and, you know, the wingers to support Klaus or are we, you know, still going to keep trying the uh, the two up top system? So that for me is up in the air, a question that probably will get answered some point this season. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, there's plenty of guys I know we brought in Samuel Dinneran, Celia Pompeo. We have guys. Let's just give them a chance. Let's rotate it. I mean, yeah. we started hot. Yeah, we're in a little bit of a lull right now getting shut out twice in a row, but we'll see. I'm not it's early. Yeah. Not overly concerned. Let's get into uh, our predictions in our bets. <laughs> well, short. We'll keep this one short. None of us were right in our predictions. I predicted a 2-2 draw. Justin, you predicted a 2-1 win. Um, you predicted the total amount of goals, I guess, Justin. There, there's a highlight in, in your... But yeah, neither of us hit on the prediction. We were, I think, a little more optimistic going into this game than maybe we should have been. But on the Grahammer, we did have a little bit of, of cash. Uh, my, my first half draw, which was plus 130 odds, uh, hit, which is, I think I, I bet that because we had 
we had tied at half every away game and they had tied at half every home game so far. So that, that was cash. Still true. That was a nice little find by you. Uh, and I know, thank you for color coding um, our bets. Am I yeah. wrong? He made mine red. Same game parlay <laughs> of the over two and a half and both teams to score. Yeah, we didn't score again. So I mean, still the over two and a half hit. So I did do a little sprinky dinky on Klaus anytime plus two forty. That didn't hit either. Big, big family squad ride on the draw. No bet. That didn't hit either. So kind of oh. tough. I will say one thing I want to know, Jake and Jake was like, oh, we should do you think we should maybe like break it out? So we like track my bets too. Sure, Jake, you win one. So yeah, let's do that. Just All right. took another L this week on the five aside. So I'm one and oh. I'm one and oh here. Oh, we're starting, we're starting with this one. The only okay, sure. The only <laughs> I will say one thing that I want to note, and I keep talking about it. We gotta do something with the corners next game because there was eleven total corners game. We only there had were. three and they had eight, but we're giving up or getting a lot of corners in these games. So I need to start taking like the over nine and a half corners, which I don't know if you can get straight, at least when I look on it on Wednesdays when we record, I know you can uh, build it in your same game parlay, but keep that in mind. Yeah, no, good to know. I, I agree. A good, so a good prop to look at Justin question for you here. So we're on the, on our last segment. Where do we go from here? If anyone has any listener questions, you feel free to drop them in while yeah. we finish this out. But I want to ask you one question to start this off is are alarm bells going off to you? uh no no okay no i it, we didn't look good yes this is a, i hate that it's like we're building up like this is this is our true test and yeah we failed both times i would say we looked good in the minnesota game we did not look good last night so it's just one bad game road game alarm bells will be going off for me if we lose to cincy at home i would say three straight losses regardless if we play good or not you can't we need to get results in this time period we can't just start so high and then start to fade off so yeah, I, when we first did this segment, where we go from here, I kept saying like Disney World. Right now, it's looking like we're going to like Memphis, like just not as exciting of a, va- a vacation spot. So I will tone that back. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm with you. I don't Sorry if alarm- anybody's from Memphis, by the way. <laughs> the alarm bells aren't going off for me yet. I, I, I think Minnesota wasn't a great game. I think yesterday's first half was a competitive half. Second half. For me, the first half showed why we were successful so far this season. We were competitive. We met for tactics. We nullified a pretty solid attacking team. And the second half showed us how far we still have to go because you have to be able to do that twice. And when they make adjustments, you have to make another adjustment. And you have to be flexible in your model here, and we just weren't. But looking at the entire table right now, we're still second in the Western Conference, fourth entirely in the MLS in the Supporter Shield race, which is just the most points. And so – Looking back at this, you know, span of the five games that came before Minnesota, thank God, man, we have a good cushion to where this the alarm bells aren't going off because of this. But now we have to go play Cincinnati on Saturday. Cincinnati is the number one team in the MLS, according to Supporter Shield rankings, with the most points so far. So this is not an easy stretch. But I agree with you. I don't know if I'm a sounding the alarm next weekend if we get our our or teeth kicked in on Saturday against Cincinnati. That's when I'm, that's when I'm doing the alarm bells. But if we show and give them a competitive game and show more consistency and bite than we showed in this game, to me, it's a step in the right direction. Cause I think since he did beat Seattle, so doing the math, I mean, this should be a game that we're probably going to be even more of an underdog in than we were this week. Yeah, we're coming home, so I think that's we are coming home. home, and we're going to show out. Weather's getting better here in St. Louis, and I'll be a little, a little more critical than you, Jake. I, I think we need to, we need to get a result here of some kind, even if it's just a tie. I know since he's undefeated, and they're one of the last two undefeated teams with them in LAFC and MLS, but we need to get a result here. Yeah, no, I, I hope so. Um, so, last thing I will say is, yeah, I agree. The home thing I did not factor into what I was thinking. City Park is a different place to play at. I think we have better stats there overall, and 
the, the fans come out and, and they show out in support of the club. So I'm hoping that that makes a big difference and we give Cincinnati hell. So it, it's going to be a big game on Saturday to really turn this, this tide around. Cause you don't want, you know, a five game win streak, you know, slipping in now to a three game losing streak. If we, if we do lose to Cincinnati, so gotta contain the damage at some point here. So Justin listener questions. I think we only have one, but what do we have? What do we feel, Justin, about the midfield if Blum's going to probably miss some time? I still feel all right. And there's we have one on Instagram as well from yeah. Tessie. She said, uh, what are your thoughts on Vasilev? She said, personally, not impressed. I think we have a couple guys that were rotating in there. I felt good to start the season with them. I mean, anything around Lubin is good. I think Indy, I think we could definitely work some guys in. I know Alm had a knock and he's been out. Let's start him. Let's start Jensen. Let's just keep kind of filtering this around and see what we can get until we get something that actually sticks. Yeah, for me, it totally depends on the answer to what formation are we playing? Because if it's like what we started with, with the 4-2-3-1, I'm confident because I think you maybe put Ostrock back at the tip of the midfield uh, in the middle of the three spot for the 4-2-3-1. And then you probably have Miggy and Leuven or Miggy and Vasilev uh, sitting behind them. I just I, I do like Leuven more in the deeper role, and I think he is more impactful that way. So it depends for me, the Blum question. It's good. I think it definitely hurts. Like we, if any one of those guys goes down, Miggy, Indy, uh, Leuven, maybe even Akil Watts, if we lose any of those four guys, we don't have many other options in that space. So it's not a great thing to be so early in the season and kind of already having these thoughts, but we have flexibility to, to hopefully make some additions if, if we absolutely have to. I would hope that we could avoid that, though. Give me AJ Palazzolo. Let's go. Yeah. We, we have we have City too, obviously ro- rolling and rearing with guys that I'm sure would love to come up and play. But um, last question we have, what should we go with against Cincinnati? I think Cincinnati's a different team to Seattle in that they're not this attacking, flowing masterpiece of a team. Don't get me wrong. They have some great attackers. But I don't think we come to this game and immediately consider a back five, especially now seeing how it didn't work against Seattle. I think we might return to a, a 4-2-3-1 this game or maybe like a 4-3-3 and just do something different or maybe back to more familiar waters. Yeah, I, I would definitely say four in the back. Uh, maybe a four, two, three, or that, and then one, one, one. Yeah. Or one. I kind of yeah. like, I like the staggering with, yeah, uh, I do too. Going clouds. I think we need to try to go back to that with a back four. I agree. And I, I think we just need more width, man. I think we need more attacking width. Last night, it's just, you're asking so much of Nelson and Irwinski to, to contribute so heavily on both ends because they were so active last night. And I think we need, true wingers to provide service to Klaus and to give us a different look instead of just up the middle. So that's my hope for this game. I think that wraps it up. All right, man. Well, everyone, thank you for your questions. Thanks for tuning in today to ball watching. Never fun to do these after a loss, but you know, what's necessary. got to support this team through, through thick and thin. And we're here to do that for you all. So everyone will say last shout out real quick, the pitch. I didn't get a chance to go last night. I had stuff with my family, but I will definitely be there this Saturday. Um, If you haven't been there, get there. Amazing food, amazing drinks. Yeah. Frozen Irish coffee is going to be coming around as it gets warmer. It's going to taste even better. I'll probably have another 10 and I would get out there. If you haven't blaze is absolutely killing it over there. Yeah. The pitch is going to be a fun vibe. We'll definitely be out there. So if you all do find your way to squeeze in there, because man, it gets up and it got capacity pretty quick. If you find a way to get in there, um, shoot us a DM or, 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 a, or a text or whatever and let us know. We'd love to say hi and, and love to meet you all. So um, thanks all for tuning in and, and have a great rest of your, your weekend and week whenever you're tuning into this. And go City, man. It's going to be a long season. Keep your head go up. Go City. Hoppy Easter. Hoppy Easter. Hoppy Easter.